Hello and welcome to Her Fierce Mind podcast, an unedited, authentic podcast dedicated to and designed for women to sit and discuss all things related to women's health, fitness, mindset and growth. I'm Alicia Jaffrey and I'm your host here on Her Fierce Mind. I'm a personal trainer, coach and founder of Aptitude Health Co and also a current physiotherapy and yoga teacher student with my fair share of close to seven years in my own personal development journey. Health to me encompasses all physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects of life, so I'm here to empower and educate women as they step into their power throughout their health journeys. Thank you for joining me today and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello and thank you so much for joining the ninth episode of Her Fierce Mind today. Today's topic is going to be all about our menstrual cycle and giving all women a really strong understanding of how our bodies work in terms of the menstrual cycle and through an education and informative podcast. If you enjoy the episode, please share on your social medias or leave a review on whichever listening platform you are on it means so so much to me to get the feedback from you seriously so much and I would love to be able to help more women if you would love to share it to someone or a friend or a loved one that you think would need or like to have the extra education and information that is in today's podcast thank you so much for joining me and I love you each with my whole entire heart for joining me I hope you enjoy Hello my lovelies and welcome back to another episode of Her Fierce Mind and today we are talking all things on the menstrual cycle. So I've made this episode because I want to give you an informative podcast that gives you a better understanding of your body and how complex your menstrual cycle is and this is for absolutely everybody. This isn't just for women who are on no kind of hormonal contraception and working through a natural cycle. This is for those of you who are on hormonal contraception, maybe someone who never has or maybe wants to or is coming off or someone who has really terrible PMS symptoms and so forth. This is for absolutely everybody because understanding your body is for every woman. It isn't just for those who aren't on some kind of hormonal contraception. And it's incredibly important to me that we all, as women, have a very good understanding of our bodies because that is the foundation to everything that we do in life. Having a good understanding is something that we actually miss a lot of as well. You know, I'm only 21, so I'm young, but, you know, I've had technically, you know, my sex hormones you know begun over seven years ago but I've only recently actually started to have a really good understanding and a really good grasp of how the menstrual cycle actually works and it's why I'm partly just so passionate about this and I want to make sure that I give resources to all women so we can all have a really strong understanding of our bodies no matter what our choices um, of contraception are. So I've broken down today into quite a few different parts. So the first being what is the menstrual cycle? So you have a good understanding of what it even is, um, but then how it works and breaking down those into the different cycles within the 
um, within the menstrual cycle and then also um, going through some of the issues or variances that you can see in the menstrual cycle and just briefly touching on what you know why they occur and briefly touching on some of the management techniques that you can implement so I'm not actually going to go through information or breakdowns of hormonal contraceptives or just Um, other forms of contraception today and I'm also not going through the technical side of things in terms of nourishment through nutrition and exercise they're going to be touched on throughout it but I'm not going to really like dive into those areas they'll be for um, different episodes okay so my disclaimer is that I have tried to do this I think this is like the fourth or fifth time because I have so much information in front of me for each of them and I've got notes just about everywhere so if you find that I'm losing you know breaking up my car um, my speaking it's because I'm looking through pages and pages of notes because that is how complex it is but I have honestly tried to make it as um, as brief and easy to understand as I possibly can but also in depth enough that you still take away a really good understanding of the cycle okay let's get into it so I wanted to go into what is the menstrual cycle because even that in itself um, interestingly isn't that well understood so there the menstrual cycle is the entire cycle it isn't just your period or your bleed it's from day one to day whenever that cycle finishes so that is that that, that's the entirety of the cycle but there's a few different perspectives that I actually wanted to touch on and that is one of western medicine and one of Chinese medicine because I find it both to be actually very interesting and actually incredibly powerful because I spoke to a client of mine the other day about it and it was just it's just so powerful you're bouncing off one another in how crazy the differences are so I'm going to go through the western medicine kind of approach and perspective first which is going to be the one that most of you are most familiar with so it's essentially referring to all of this as a quote-unquote normal cycle so that's one that lasts from roughly 20 to 30 days but can spread a little bit more either side of that a bleed that lasts about four to five days with 30 to 40 mils um, of of blood through your period it should be a fresh red color like a bright red and then interestingly it does actually mention that there should be no clotting and no spotting but also no pain or pms symptoms throughout your period which is um, something that could be new to some of you already so a lot of the time we are very often palmed off by the medical world I feel in terms of you know extremely bad period pain is brushed over there's no cause we don't know we can't give you an answer and um, you know spotting and clotting is just normal and that's lots of women get it so it's normal But no, just because it's common doesn't actually mean that it is normal. So that is interestingly something that is unfortunately um, happening a lot. And I actually heard a story recently of how the um, different blood tests, particularly ones that are testing for diabetes and whatnot, the the normal ranges will change over time because it's looked at what is just common, not what is actually healthy which is pretty fucking shocking if you ask me but 
anyway, that is the Western um, approach. Whereas the Chinese medicine, I want to mention it because I feel like it's a, a very powerful one and I really align with this um, approach to it and I'll read it to you. So the cycle in terms of Chinese medicine is referred to as an essential part of health and vitality. Menstrual blood is referred to something that translates to heavenly weight um, and it's deep reverence and they refer to the heart and utero um, connection and it refers to the uterus as the second heart or the womb area as a second heart and is believed to be an extraordinary organ and could you imagine the world we would live in and the relationships we would have as women with our own bodies if that was the perspective that we were taught I just that takes my honestly I just can't believe that how how often is our menstrual blood referred to as it's disgusting it's gross we don't talk about it we don't want it get it away from us um get get rid of it asap go on the pill go on this and that because the period is just gross it's blah 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 if i was told at 12 that my menstrual blood was heavenly and that it was an essential part to my health and vitality i'm not sure i would have been on the pill for about seven years and yeah so that is your Western and Chinese approach to um, your menstrual cycle. So that's what it is. That's what it's referred to as. <sighs> so how does it work? Let's get into the nitty gritties of it. So as I mentioned, it's very, very complex. So I'm going to make it as brief as I kind of can. Um, but it refers to and works as a communication between a number of organs in our body so that can be um, including our hypothalamus pituitary um, at the pituitary gland our thyroid adrenal glands um, the pancreas and the ovaries obviously um, and that kind of connection is referred to as the HPO axis it can be and often if you google it referred to as the HPG axis but HPG is the hypothalamic pituitary gonadal axis and women do not have gonads we have ovaries so if that just wants to give you another perspective into our western approach to medicine that is ruled by men that it is the HPO axis because we have ovaries okay so that is um, more directly referred to the hypothalamus, the pituitary and into our ovaries, but they all do work um, within one another. So when you do get irregularities, which I'll touch on later, that's referring to there's something that has maybe gone wrong or miscommunication between one of those areas or organs. Okay, so the HBO axis essentially starts at the um, hypothalamus which releases a particular kind of hormone which stimulates the pituitary and the pituitary then releases FSH and LH. FSH is what's released first and it kind of this the axis works between feedback loops between the ovaries and back and forth okay. Um, so FSH is released and that is then what is stimulating a um, follicle in your ovaries or in the surface in your ovaries 
and as it matures and as it releases more FSH, more FSH, that follicle becomes more mature, more mature um, with an egg underneath it or within it. And then ovulation is when that follicle ruptures and it releases that egg into your fallopian tubes and progressively makes its way down to your uterus lining. Now, the four phases, I'm kind of just briefly touching on how the hormones are working, but I will go into the phases, which I'll touch on um, in a little bit more depth. So after that egg is released, the um, follicle that it was released from actually turns into what's called the corpus luteum. So it's basically like a dying tissue, the dead tissue of the um, follicle. And that is now actually referred to as a, a new organ or a new gland that releases progesterone and then progesterone is what is um, predominantly in the second half of your cycle and then over time if you don't um, get an implantation that's when you get your period okay so that's kind of how the cycle in itself works but the cycle has its phases So we'll often hear it broken down into two phases, but we are going through the four. So your first phase is your menstruation or your period. So that's the time from when day one is the first day of your bleed. Okay. And it just will continue to go on until you get your next period. So whatever day you begin your bleed is day one of your new cycle. That will last for however long it is that you're bleeding for. And phase two is your follicular phase. So that's um, when, as I touched on before, that's when that um, the follicle is being more and more stimulated. It's maturing, it's maturing, it's maturing. And then phase three is that ovulation when that egg is being released from the ovary. And phase four is the luteal phase, and that's any the time from ovulation to um, your next bleed. So within each of the phases, there's um, a rise and fall, moving and playing between um, essentially five different hormones. So you've got FSH and LH, which is, which is coming predominantly from your pituitary in the brain. And then you've got estrogens or estradiol, progesterone, and testosterone. So interestingly, the craziness in craziness and powerful side of your cycle is that the estradiol and the progesterone each have their own really powerful roles in things like our mood and our libido and our recovery and things, which is where it comes important for training in particular so I'll I'll mention that because obviously I'm a a coach so that's where I thrive um is that you should train and will be only able to train in a particular way efficiently at different stages of or different phases of your cycle and that's because each of those hormones will respond differently to different stimuli so That's because our estrogen is anabolic, okay? So that's essentially um, our growth. It's um, those, you know, muscle building. We've heard that before, anabolic, I'm sure. So it's um, very big in improving our mood or increasing our mood and our libido. 
Um, so that's in our first two phases of the cycle. Okay. Um, so in that first phase is, for example, where you'd really like to be doing a lot of, you know, strength work, maybe um, like heavy hypertrophy and stuff. But progesterone, on the other hand, which is our later end of our cycle. Oh, Nala's just come to join me. Um, progesterone is in the later phases of our cycle in phase four okay after ovulation and it has quite a few which i'll mention because how crazy um so it's actually considered uh anti-aging it helps with estrogen balance crazy um and then also managing our thyroid and decreasing inflammation in the body so improving our sleep and improving the activation of our parasympathetic nervous system which is essentially your um like rest and digest phase sorry for the barking now nala's annoyed because i'm not giving her attention (laughs) um and really interestingly so on that sleep and um parasympathetic it's actually because progesterone converts into a neurosteroid which acts as um GABA so it um it, it is that relaxing and being able to like low and lower your body restoring and things like that so already (laughs) estrogen to progesterone just from what i've said you can see the difference you're not going to be the same woman in the first phase to the second phase of your cycle which is totally normal okay and um sorry progesterone is catabolic so estrogen anabolic progesterone catabolic so it's um like muscle breakdown good for fat burning Ah! Nala just tried to chew the <laughs> Slade, can you come again now? <laughs> okay, moving forward. <laughs> so um, progesterone and estrogens, as you can see, obviously behave differently. Um, oh my God, that totally distracted me. I am so sorry. Let me just try and like clean this. It's Hopefully you can still hear me, but it looks like it's covered in slobber. <laughs> okay. So that is your four phases, briefly gone into what happens in each of them, how you can um, see each of them and the, the reasons and differences as to you feeling and behaving differently with, you know, from phase one and two into phase three and four, where you've got the differences, differences between estrogens and progesterone. Okay, so now going into a bit of like how do things turn wrong? What happens if I missed a period or what if they're irregular or what if I have really serious bad PMS symptoms? So things like acne, um, mood swings and things like that, bloating even. So the first thing that I really wanted to point out because it's interesting and not, not a lot of us actually are aware of this, but there's no such thing as say missing a period or skipping a period you don't just go 28 to 30 days and then the next cycle starts miraculously it's not it's not how that works so you can only have a missed ovulation without ovulation there is no period there's no buildup of progesterone there's no buildup of the uterus lining you don't miss a period you just have skipped or have a delayed Um, sorry, you have not had, or you've had a delayed ovulation. Okay. Now this happens, um, ovulation will only occur when you've actually had that rise, that peak 
in each of those hormones and then that quick drop and release and that's when progesterone starts to come out and that's when you're going to get your period following it okay so the reason that you may have a delayed or missing ovulation is because you have one can be inflammation so that's can that can be from things like diet and exercise um but then you've also got um things like you may have a really poor estrogen clearance system within the body or you may have really low progesterone now each of those are going to play into the fact of why you could have missed um ovulation um or have a delayed at least so the things that you can do in order to manage that, okay, so three things particularly. The first one is tracking. So understanding how to effectively track your cycle, okay? So that is looking at things like your cervical mucus. That's looking at things like um, your cervical height. So if you didn't know, your cervical mucus will change um, phase to phase. In the first phase, you're going to have like an egg white kind of clear um, cervical mucus, whereas in the later phase, you're going to have like a thicker um, white kind of cervical mucus. Um, And that comes as a result of changes in the cervix, which also comes with a higher sitting cervix in your first phases and a lower sitting cervix in the second phase. All right. And the other being body temperature. So your body temp is usually lower in the first two phases and increases and increases and increases into the second two phases. All right. The second management technique you can do is to kind of watch how your body behaves within each phase. So um, I didn't actually note on this, but there's different um, like female characteristics that are referred to in different phases of the cycle, but it essentially reflects the characteristics that you might see, um, you know, like high energy, super outgoing, flirtatious, um, or standoffish and calm and things like that will change phase to phase. So I didn't actually touch on that, but I can go through that in another day. But reflecting kind of where your what your cycle will look like phase to phase. How do you feel? How do you behave in day one versus day two versus day 15 versus by the end? And learning to see that, you know, maybe you're getting really bad PMS right before or on ovulation. So maybe you're having a really poor estrogen clearance or maybe you're feeling extremely low, extremely lethargic, extremely painful before a period and you could be having some issues with progesterone. And then the third is your, the choices that you're making around each phase of your cycle. So that's things like I was mentioning before, how you're complementing your body with exercise or movement and nutrition in phase one versus phase two versus three versus four. Because as I've mentioned, it changes and you're going to complement your cycle better by the choices that you make in your lifestyle, dependent on where you are, (laughs) she's back, dependent on where you are in your cycle, okay? Um, So things like um, really heavy period is another one as well, and that's often um, a result of having really high estradiol in the first two phases of your cycle. So estradiol is what's going to help build up that um, that the lining on on a deeper level under the uterus um and so having high estradiol throughout your entirety of your cycle is going to lead to a much 
heavier period and potentially clotting, but that can that can be a little bit more um, advanced than just that. Um, so I wanted to go briefly back. Things that you can look for as signs that you need to address in your cycle. So if you aren't on any form of um, hormonal contraception and you are just on um, your natural cycle, um, you need to be watching out for these signs because if you are if you are getting these, it should be a flag to you that you need some sort of support for your cycle and for your body. Okay, because your period and your menstrual cycle is referred to as essentially your fifth vital sign in your body. Okay, you know, like heart rate, like blood pressure, like um, insulin and things like that. It's considered a really, really high reflection of where your health is at okay so if you are missing periods if you are not getting any kind of period if you have irregular cycles uh, if you're having really short or long phases so if you are tracking and you're noticing you're having um, an extremely first two phases versus the last two phases if you're getting any kind of um, abnormal colored blood so things you know light pink a rusty brown maybe black um clots that are larger than 10 centimeters so some clotting is um considered somewhat normal just in its shedding ability but if it's bigger than 10 centimeters then uh uh-uh girlfriend um if you're getting spotting during or around your ovulation no or abnormal cervical mucus again if there's um nothing or if it's kind of off colors or off smells and then obviously of course if you're having fertility issues as well and you are trying to fall pregnant and that isn't happening then that can be another sign that something isn't quite right you're not totally fertile okay so they're kind of the signs of hey babe let's just really notice this okay but symptoms again these are things that are common but they are not normal for your cycle. So signs, um, if you've ever not gone through this, signs are things that um, can be physically reported on. So you can have tests done. You can have someone look at this and be like, this is what's happening. Symptoms, on the other hand, are more um, subjective. They're things that you are experiencing. Okay, so that's things like pain and cramping at any point in your cycle, severe breast tenderness or swelling, constipation, diarrhea, bloating, nausea, headaches, um, acne breakouts, bad sleep disturbances, hot flushes and anxiety are all like flags again. These are things that you are experiencing. They're signs that you are just not the symptoms of things that are flagging that you need support in your cycle. Okay, so it almost just, it tells you that there's a disharmony at some point in that axis that we were talking about. Somewhere along the line, or you've got too much inflammation at all times, you've got chronic inflammation, you're not supporting yourself through movement and nutrition, you're, you know, you're, you're not managing your environment very well, you've got a um, high amount of um, estradiol disturbances, so that can be things like plastics and toxins and um, poor sleep and things like that. 
Um, but there's, a, you know, a whole heap of different ways that you can be addressing those. But the things that you can do from now, so this is very general, but this isn't going to be specific for just about anyone. We can all benefit from trying to implement these into our lifestyles, okay? And that is to address the causes of our um, disharmony in the body. So supporting our gut health, and avoiding any kind of endocrine dis- disrupting chemicals, like I said, like plastics, um, white lights, oh sorry, blue lights and things like that are all inclusive of that. Um, and things like exercise can all, p- particularly your um, estrogen metabolism. So I did mention earlier how your um, estrogen clearance can be a really good indicator of some reasons why your periods may be irregular or um very delayed okay and then other things are things like reducing the external stresses so um stress management techniques but stresses such as how you're moving or how much you're moving if you're under eating are all going to play an effect to reducing your stress optimizing your sleep prioritizing yourself and even daily exposure to sunlight so my recommendation to women regardless of what their cycle is like to be getting at least 10 minutes a day um you know do your journaling outside or take your lunch break and go for a walk outside and things like that hey Nala's come to join me again okay so that is all things of how we can support ourselves now I hope I've made some kind of sense out of today's and I hope there's something that you actually did truly take away from this chat okay so I have gone through as much as I can and I hope you do get a really foundational understanding of what the menstrual cycle is All right. In later episodes, I will go into more detail in terms of contraceptives, hormonal contraceptives and um, the specifics, particularly in terms of um, movement and nutrition, but they will go hand in hand. Okay. I thank you so much for joining me. Please let me know if you have enjoyed it and if there's anything that you have further questions about or if you would like to get in touch to book in for a women's health consultation. I would be more than happy to help you out and I hope I hope that this empowers you in your women's health journey in some sort of a way even if that is purely through education of your body. Thank you so much and I will see you another time. Mwah.